Yes. Come on. Come on in the room. It is that time for Therapy Thursday. Come on. Share the link. Let somebody know we are now live, and it is time for us to grow. It's time for us to heal. In fact, you know how I like to do each and every week. I love to have just an encouraging thread because you don't know how much somebody has been battling. You don't know how much somebody has been warring all this week, matter of fact, all this year so far. So I, I just want to encourage everybody. Let's start an encouraging thread. Tag somebody up and down the chat. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Do it, do it. Now is your moment to start that encouraging thread. I'm proud of you for showing up for therapy. I see you being intentional at Ashley. I see you being intentional at Michael. I am proud of you. I wanna thank everybody for joining us for Therapy Thursday. If this is your first time joining us, let us know that I am a first timer in the chat and everybody who is just a reoccurring viewer, if you see somebody say I'm a first timer, give them some love. Welcome, you're gonna get blessed. Welcome, you're gonna get something. I am excited to serve you um, for Therapy Thursday on tonight. You are being intentional. You know what we call that around here? Growth, growth. Whoever made this quote, they obviously didn't understand that this wasn't true, but whoever told us that time heals all wounds, that was false. Time doesn't heal all wounds. In fact, untreated wounds that are given time become infected. We're preaching already. How long have we been on here, what, two minutes? Time doesn't heal all wounds. In fact, untreated wounds that are given time become infected. This is how your outlook has become infected. Your personality has become infected. Your attitude has, been, has become infected because there was a wound in my life. There was a wound in my heart that has not been treated. And this is one of the multifaceted reasons on why we do Therapy Thursday to help you heal on the inside. Because like, naturally, wounds get healed off of treatment and therapy. In a car accident, break a limb, has to get realigned, repositioned. Now you have to do physical therapy, learn how to walk again, learn how to use this arm again. Naturally, when you're wounded or injured, you get treatment and therapy. But spiritually, how do you heal the soul? I wanna come out already giving y'all points because I missed y'all last week. <laughs> I wanna come out giving you points already. How do you heal in the soul? Number one, biblical enlightenment. That is for you to know what God said about you, for you to believe that when God told you that you are the head and not the tail, he was telling the truth. It's for you to believe when God told you that he has a plan for your life, not to harm you, but to bring you to a good end, he was telling the truth. It is to believe what God says about you, biblical enlightenment. Number two, purpose. So biblical enlightenment, that's what God says about you. Purpose is why God formed you, why you're here. That gives you a sense of meaning, a sense of value. And I wanna just park right here for a second. Purpose is not just a route. It's also a role. 
Y'all know this is gonna be good when we out here talking already. <laughs> I have so much I wanna share with you, so I'm just trying to give you this, this, this setup before we get into to tonight's main content. Purpose is not just a route. It is a role. Like, I had a role of being a student pastor in one season. That role, being faithful in that road, role, aligned me to get on a purposeful route. Does that make sense? Because certain people think that purpose is just a destination, all right? It's not just a destination. It's a role that you're faithful in so that you could, in each role, in each season of your life, be faithful for what God has called you to do, and that's how you live a purposeful life. So you have biblical enlightenment, purpose. Three is my favorite. How do you heal on the inside in the soul? Honesty. Honesty. Nothing is wrong with saying that hurt. <laughs> it's when you are honest about your feelings. Like not honestly admitting that something used to have prior importance in your life is not a healthy coping, coping mechanism, but rather is to leave a wound untreated. Be honest, that hurt. Feelings, this is the thing we gotta remember though, Feelings are supposed to be co-workers, not bosses. So you work with them. The Holy Spirit works with your feelings. The Holy Spirit will give you compassion where you can have empathy and show grace to your brothers and sisters. So it's, my feelings are co-workers. I work with them, but I don't work for them. That makes sense. How do I heal on the inside? Biblical enlightenment, purpose, honesty, last point, Repentance, not remorse, repentance. That's turning away from any and everything that God has informed me that's beneath my standard for you to be a son of the king. That's beneath my standard for you to be a daughter of the king. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to come together to just glean, to, to heal on the inside because we recognize Sunday is not enough. Sunday is not enough, and there are many biblical principles and commands that we battle or we struggle with carrying out due to the trauma, due to pain, due to things that we don't have all the answers for. And so we're just thankful for this space where we can come together, we could grow, we could heal, we could be challenged, convicted, encouraged, and be given practical steps on how we could be better ambassadors in the earth for your glory. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put in the room, amen. Amen. We wanna heal on the inside. I just feel like a man on a mission on tonight. I'm extremely excited about this topic. And I think that it will greatly um, serve you in the area of your perspective. Let's speak around this thought for this subject for just a few moments on tonight. I've made peace with it. I've made peace with it. Whatever happened in 2023, I've made peace with it. The apologies I did not get yet, I've made peace with it. Whoever hurt me is not gonna come back and apologize to me, I've made peace with it. If Jesus on the cross can say, forgive them for they know not what they do, if he could do that and I'm supposed to imitate his behavior, I could release those. Sometimes the greatest closure that I'll ever get is knowing I'm never gonna get closure from them. 
Sometimes the greatest closure I'll ever get is for me to know and believe God has better. I've made peace with it. I've made peace with that. It is confession time. Can I get everybody watching this? Can I get everybody, if you could put this in the room, in all caps, here we go. I will no longer blame or accuse anyone for where I am. Ooh, God's plan for me is still going to happen. I accepted his peace. Let's say it one more time. I will no longer, this is for somebody. I will no longer blame or accuse anyone for where I am. God's plan for me is still going to happen. I've accepted his peace. I've accepted his peace in my life. I've accepted his peace. In my mind, I've accepted his peace. In your singleness, accept his peace. In your marriage, accept his peace. I'm not blaming anyone for where I am. God's plan for me is still gonna happen. Why? Because I've accepted his peace. That's where I wanna be. Anybody like hand raise emoji, that's where I wanna be. That, that's the safe place to be, in his peace in his peace. Can we talk? Can we talk? The safest place for your spirit to be is under the blood. The safest place for your choices to be is in his will. And the safest place for your mind to be is on his word. <laughs> One more time. The safest place for your spirit to be is under the blood. The safest place for your choices to be is in his will, meaning I'm making choices that are in alignment with scripture. And the safest place for your mind to be is on God's word. Meditate day and night on the word. That's the safest place to be. And the reason we're talking about, I've made peace with it, is because oftentimes, I hope y'all are ready for this, oftentimes to be in right standing with God means you're gonna constantly stay in trouble with man. Oftentimes, for you to live a life of obedience to the gospel, for you to live a life of healthy, holistic kingdom boundaries, because you can be Christ-like and say no, oftentimes, for you to live a life that's in a right standing with God, that's gonna piss people off. And you have to be okay with being misunderstood because that's a part of being called. You have to be okay with being misjudged because that's a part of being a kingdom citizen. And I've made peace with it. I've made peace with it. I wanna help somebody on tonight in this, this particular area of soul care. I really do. I wanna help somebody in this particular area of soul care because somebody watching this Therapy Thursday session, God desires to use you as a holy template, his divine template. He desires to use you as a holy reference. That's why this mountain is standing before you so that you can encourage others that faith moves mountains. One more time. Somebody watching this session, God desires to use you as a divine template or a holy reference, which is why all the mountains that you're facing, 
I don't know why I'm dealing with this. Why is this before me? All of the mountains you're facing, like, can God trust you with the mountain and you not get discouraged and go another way? Can I trust you with the mountain because I want to use you as a holy reference so others can look at your life and be reminded, faith moves mountains. I'm in the text, Mark chapter 11, verse 23 all day. This is Jesus. He says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, there it is, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So could it be God is trusting you with this financial mountain? He's, he's trusting you with, with marriage on the brink of divorce mountain. He's trusting you with this health challenge mountain so that you can inspire and encourage others that faith moves mountains. But for some of us, that's gonna be extremely difficult because of your current bankruptcy of peace. I want to help somebody on tonight to exuberate this fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, which is the fruit of peace. All oh, several fruits of the Spirit. The one that I felt led to zoom in on and highlight for tonight's Therapy Thursday session is the fruit of peace. Peace. Peace, hear me, peace affects pieces. Every piece of your life is affected by your peace overflow or your peace deficiency. The way that you talk to your children is due to your peace overflow or is due to your peace deficiency. Your attitude, I'm talking to somebody, it is affected by your peace overflow or your peace deficiency? Because peace affects pieces. Every piece of your life, the peace of God will affect, or every piece of your life, the lack of the prince's peace is affecting your peace. I've made peace with it. And I wanna help us exuberate that fruit of the spirit the fruit of peace, the fruit of peace, okay? Peace is a kingdom exclusive. I have to break this down so we can understand it. Peace is a kingdom exclusive. This means peace is exclusively for those who are sons and daughters of the king. Enough with us wanting kingdom benefits without ever surrendering our life to the king of glory. Peace, it is a kingdom exclusive. It is exclusively for those who are in the kingdom. Those who are outside of the kingdom oftentimes mislabel being distracted from sadness as peace. Did y'all hear what I just said? Peace is a kingdom exclusive and those outside of the kingdom, meaning those who live what scripture calls worldly or, or carnally, who live outside of the will of God, oftentimes they mislabel being distracted from sadness as peace. This is why they constantly pursue the next high. They, they, they pursue the next alcoholic beverage. They pursue the next orgasm exchange. 
Lord have mercy. They, they pursue the, the next club scene, the next hookah bar. They pursue the next white sand beach. They pursue the next party. They pursue the next event. Why? Because they're in a constant pursuit of next because if they stop, it will reveal, I really have no peace. I'm just living a life distracted from depression. Talk, I'm just distracted from, from sadness. Peace is a kingdom exclusive. It's exclusively for those who are in the kingdom. Peace is evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Now, I hear you. I hear you. Somebody be like, okay, hold on. I, I know I got the Holy Spirit, but I'm lacking peace right now. Okay, I hear you. And I, I'm, we have information just for you. Peace truly is a fruit of the Spirit, which means it's irrefutable evidence of the, of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. But we can make choices that vandalize our peace, though. Mm-hmm. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's evidence that the Holy Spirit's presence is at work in your life, but we can lack boundaries. What is that? Boundaries are the steps we take to ensure that takers don't vandalize our peace. We can lack boundaries, which vandalizes our peace. We can go back to the very thing that God brought us out of. This is, somebody's toe is all under my foot. This can, like, you can keep going back to the very thing that God brought you out of, and that's vandalizing your peace. Here's a word, y'all put this in the room. When God brings you out, stay out. Put that all caps, I'll wait, I'll wait. When God gets you out, Stay out. Maybe it's not that God isn't giving us his peace. Could it be our choices that's vandalizing it? Could it be the lack of boundaries that's vandalizing it? We keep going back to things that God brought us out of that's vandalizing it? Or could it be the mental orbit? We're allowing our thoughts to circle around things that heightens our anxiety. Could that be it? That's vandalizing our peace. Or where we're gonna park and really spend the remainder of our time on tonight for this particular Therapy Thursday session. Could you lack peace due to the necessary funeral that you haven't had? Could you and I lack peace because we have not eulogized certain events, thoughts, and perspectives. You haven't eulogized it. Because all of us, me sitting right here and you watching this, all of us are a compilation of our thoughts, decisions, and our experiences. Everybody. When you meet a person, you're gonna deal with the way they think, the decisions they make, and the experience that shaped them. That is like some very good relational wisdom that I always share with married couples, with, premarital, with our premarital couples. I'm like, hey, I need you to understand this. You're gonna deal with the way he thinks. Have y'all built your friendship long enough to see how he thinks when he's mad, how she thinks when she's mad, because all of us are a compilation of our thoughts, our decisions, and our experiences. You're not just getting his beard and his abs. My dude, you're not just getting her booty. I'm keeping it a buck with you. You're not just getting her body. You're getting the way she thinks. 
You're not just getting his body, his money. You're getting the way he thinks and his decisions and their experiences because all of us are a compilation of our, our thoughts, our decisions, and our experiences. And maybe our peace is being vandalized, not because the Holy Spirit isn't present, not because our God is not keeping his word when he told us that he is the Prince of Peace, but rather we're allowing things to vandalize our peace. Because in addition to obedience, peace of mind is to remember that God's plan will always be better than my plan, especially when mine fails. This is so good, y'all. Peace of mind, in addition to obedience, peace of mind is to remember God has a plan, even when my plan fails. I want to just give y'all a real transparent example. Back in 2008, I'll never forget it. I was in college. Um, we were in a hotel. Our church was meeting in a hotel. I was in college at the time. My, my parents are the, the senior pastors. Um, I think I just, I wasn't even a student pastor yet. I wasn't even a student pastor yet, but I was starting to get very uh, serious about my faith and my walk with the Lord. So we were in this hotel for about six or seven months. We had a prior building. That building got taken from us, and then we were meeting in a hotel, which was terrible, because as we were meeting in this Crown Plaza Hotel, as like the sermon was going on, you would hear other churches in there having service. So just imagine you trying to hear to, trying to listen to the message and you hear somebody through the walls. He got up early. I'm hearing all of this and we can't focus and it was just terrible. I was just like, okay, this, this is for the birds. I'm done with it. And so God blessed us with the building that we are currently in right now, back in 2008. We didn't have the money for the building. At that particular time, it was worth $1.8 million. We did not have that and God worked through, uh, worked through a lot of different resources for us to raise enough funds for the closing costs. And we got a lot of debt so that we can get in that particular building. So we got in that building Resurrection Sunday of 2008. So I'm like, yeah, this is great. It's better than hotel. This is better than packing keyboards and drums and you know all of these different things we're doing every single week to have service on Wednesday and Sunday in this particular hotel. So. Here comes September. Hurricane Ike is behind, decided to pay Houston a visit. So all that night, I'm hearing the wind scream, and as soon as the, the sun came up the next day, we head to the church. The roof is thrown across the street. Now remember, we just got this church in April, okay? May, June, July, August, September. Five months later. We just got this church in April. Five months later, hurricane comes, throws the roof of the church. I'm talking about the roof is wrapped around the power line behind the church. We're walking in the church. I can see the sky. It is pouring rain and ceiling tile is boosh, boosh. There's water up to my, my shin. And my dad has the audacity to be laughing. He's laughing, running towards his keyboard. God got a plan. Come on, y'all. God got a plan. I'm looking at him, how, how could you think this is funny? Come here, holy reference. See, he didn't know he was being a holy reference for his son in that moment. I needed to see a man of faith be in the middle of a storm, 
be in the middle of disappointment, but still have joy, because that would also help me years later when we're believing God for a building. Get back to the story. So he's he grabs his keyboard. I mean, ceiling tile is falling down, water, we're getting soaked because water's just dumping in the building. Water coming all down the walls, grabs the keyboard. God got a plan. I'm in the back of the car mad, furious. Now remember, I'm just starting off my radical Christian journey. So you gonna let us go from the Crown Plaza Hotel to this church. We haven't even been in here a year. And as soon as we get here, you gonna let a storm rip the roof off. I thought you rebuked storm. This is just how I'm talking and being honest and transparent. And I was upset at God, but my dad said something. God has a plan. The peace of God will always exist in your heart. When you live with that reality, God has a plan. It looks bad, God has a plan. I don't understand it, God has a plan. It doesn't look good, God has a plan. But it's gonna be hard for us to digest that God has a plan. If you battle with this thing that I battle with, and I'm being transparent and translucent on the night. If you battle with wanting to control the outcome. Y'all don't leave me out here, don't judge me. Is there anybody that you battle with wanting to control the outcome. Can I get like a hand raised emoji so that I know that you are not judging me right now? You battle with not controlling the outcome. See, all of those who are watching this who are honest enough to admit that sometimes you have mood swings because things don't go the way that you want for them to go, this session is for you. For all of those who are watching this, who you love hard, because it was hard not being loved. It is hard when you are being parented by wounded souls. If that's you, then this, this, this session is for you. For anybody who battles with anxiety about tomorrow, because you're concerned about what the future holds, because oftentimes what anxiety does is two things. Anxiety both overestimates and underappreciates. This is so good. Anxiety overestimates the potential of a storm tomorrow. And anxiety also causes for you to underappreciate the sunlight today. <laughs> if that's you and you find yourself or have found yourself missing moments, then this, this session is for you. For all of us who have a pattern of overthinking things that haven't even happened. Let me put my foot on the gas a little more. You overthink things that haven't even happened and then you start preparing for it like it's gonna happen. This session is for you. So you mad about your thoughts. You have thought yourself angry. You think what they possibly have thought about you and you upset about it. Like you're not talking to them because what you think that they said about you. <laughs> like you are upset. You have made a prediction about the weather of your life and you are having an umbrella and a rain jacket because you are prepared for it to flood all in your head and you haven't seen no, you haven't heard any thunder, haven't seen any lightning. There's not a cloud in the sky, but your mind is preparing for the worst, catastrophizing. This session is for you. I know what it's like to want to control the outcome, but I've learned to trust the outcome belongs to God. 
maybe we don't have peace and you can't make peace with things because you're trying to carry on God weight. I know what it's like to want to control what's gonna happen tomorrow. If I be honest, if, if it was my will, if I could have my weight, we would have been had a large enough building for everybody. I know what it's like, but this is what I have learned and I'm still currently learning. It's not always that tomorrow is handing you anxiety. It's our desire to control it that is. Let's go a little deeper. Our obsession to control tomorrow is really us saying, God, I will be a better God at this than you. Ooh, the arrogance, the arrogance. For us to want to control tomorrow, we're really saying, God, my plan, it would be better than yours. If I had your seat, I would be a better God at this than you. And the reason it's so hard for many of us to trust God is because being married to control, when you've been married to control for so long, surrender feels like a divorce. When you've been married, like you're in covenant with controlling things, Surrender, taking your hands off the wheel, that feels like a divorce. Almost scary, terrifying to not give God instructions, to not tell him, okay, no, no, take a right. To not tell him this street has potholes, but to sit as a passenger with joy and gladness. That's difficult when you always want to have control, that, that holy reference. God has a plan, as goofy as he was looking. It was to remind me, even in the middle of a storm, God knew the storm was coming before we ever signed the, 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 the mortgage for this building. He knew it. So in his maturity, I was young at the time, at his I think he was 50 at that time, able to run and say, God has a plan. How? He's had experiences with God. Can God trust you with experiences so that you could render blueprints to those behind you? Mm. Can God trust you with storms so that you can give other soldiers wisdom as they go on the battlefield of life? Can God trust you with being fired at? so that you can inform other soldiers, this is how the enemy shoots. This is how the enemy attacks. You're gifted to preach. You're gifted to teach. That's awesome. Let me tell you how the enemy attacks. He tries to give you platforms too early. He tries to make you care more about followers than you do your faith. He tries to get you to care more about endorsements than your devotion. Let me give you some wisdom what I've learned. The enemy loves to make people famous who are underdeveloped so that the undisciple can make disciples. He loves to do that. Take your time in the journey. Enjoy today. Because anxiety both underestimates and overestimates and overestimates a potential storm tomorrow and causes for you to underestimate and underappreciate the beauty of today's sunlight. Peace of mind, in addition to obedience, is to remember God 
has a plan, even when mine fails. Therefore, patience and peace are married. <laughs> show me a patient person, and you just showed me a peaceful person. Like, show me a peaceful man, and you just showed me a patient man. Show me a peaceful woman, and you just showed me a patient woman. Because peace is to understand that God's plan, God has a plan, even when mine fails. And patience is the ability to accept things going a different way than I've imagined. So, patience and peace are married. And when patience and peace get intimate, they have a child called joy. This is so good. Sanchez, you remember what I just said? Patience and peace are married. And oh, when they come together and get intimate, they have joy. Not happiness, because happiness is fleeting, see? But joy is a state. This is how I have a state of joy. Why? Because I understand that God has a plan even when mine fail. This is how I have a state of patience. Why? Because I understand that patience is the ability to accept that things go in a different way than I have imagined. I want to give you some Bible on this, okay? John chapter 14, verse 27. Listen at what Jesus says. He says, peace I leave with you. In fact, not just I leave with you, peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Meaning this is not a distraction from sadness, no. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'll make peace with it. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus once again, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace, not in your money, not in your career, not in your job, not in your relationship, not in your resources, not in your health, not in your attributes, not in your abilities, not in your possessions, in me. See, this is why the enemy hits those things to see if your peace is in that. Because if your peace is in that, if I hit that, you lose your peace. Lose your job, you lost your peace. But if you understand that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, I can lose this, but as long as I got Jehovah Jireh, I can get that back. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Isaiah 26, verse three. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, that means anchored, that means they have made a resolve to remain. You will keep in perfect peace those minds who are anchored. Why? Because they trust in you. They trust in you. It's not that tomorrow is handing us anxiety. It's not that the future is handing us anxiety. It's our desire to control it, that is. And anytime we're obsessed with wanting to control tomorrow, we're saying, God, I will be a better God at this than you. Popular passage of scripture, Philippians chapter four, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the, watch this, peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I'm not understanding. God has a plan. He's right. I'm not understanding that. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart 
and your mind in Christ. I've heard many sermons about guarding your heart. We need more about guarding your mind. What guards your mind? The peace of God. How do I have the peace of God? It's to trust that God has a plan even when mine fails. Just that, that little tweak, that little tweak, when something goes a different way, you have a flight at 11, it got delayed to one, God's plan is better. Just that little tweak in that moment. I'm trying to help us to have holistic thinking. To just that thought in that moment, flight got delayed. God knew it was going to get delayed before I ever booked the flight. Here's a plan. Maybe there was some turbulence that this plane was going to hit. And God is protecting me because by the time we're in the air, that air pocket is gone. I never know. Traffic light out. I'm going to be late. You don't know that if it was working, there was a drunk driver that was going to collide with you. You have no idea. You see to the corner. He sees around it. You see to the hill. He sees over it. You had no idea that God's plan is truly better. It's trusting God's plan. That, that little tweak. I want to give you a practical example on how a little tweak can help with your perspective. This is something that changed my life and I'm going to share with you. This is like a cheat code, okay? I've learned one way to enjoy moments is by limiting or removing the word should from my life. That, that little tweak, removing that from my vocabulary has helped me. I've learned that removing or limiting the word should from my life has helped me enjoy moments. I should be over it. I should be here by now. I should be married. Ooh, this is hitting somebody. I should have more views. I should have an opportunity. I should, it's the should that's robbing you of enjoying that moment. I replace the should with enjoy. I should be there by now. I will enjoy it right now. I should have a building right now. I will enjoy this building right now. I should, no, I will enjoy. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. I've made peace with it. I've made peace with it. Hear me, the sobriety of your judgment is tied to your ability to forgive you, forgive them, and to trust that God has a plan. Don't just, it's not just forgiving them. That's Bible all day, that's, that's, that's sound doctrine, that's healthy biblical theology to forgive others, but also forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for all the times you made decisions outside of the wisdom that you know now. Forgive yourself for all the times you deliberately disobeyed. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for all the times you left you behind to chase them. Forgive yourself because the sobriety of your judgment is tied to your ability to forgive them and forgive you. Because forgiveness frees the prisoner and once you forgive, you'll recognize that the prisoner is you. Could it be you can't make peace with it because you haven't forgiven them, you haven't forgave them, or you can't forgive you? In fact, some of us project on God how we would treat us if we were God. <laughs> if I was God, I wouldn't listen to me. 
After all the stuff I've done, if I was God, I wouldn't. Let me give you a real deep revelation. Y'all ready for this? This is super deep. You're not God. His ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts because he knows our end from the beginning. Okay, so this is literally how it looks. God sees your whole life. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He sees your beginning and the end. He knows your end and the beginning. So God will give you an instruction in chapter 7 of your life because he saw chapter 17. So he's telling you right here what to let go, what to trust him in right here because he knows what he's going to do right here. But the reason you won't trust him right here is because you keep judging your life from back here. Good. So God gives you instructions right here. Bible all day. When you have wells, you didn't dig. He's talking to the Israelites while they're right here in the wilderness. But I'm talking to you here. When you have wells that you did not dig and vineyards that you did not plant, you're here. I'm talking to you from here. Maybe we don't have peace because we can't obey God's forward instruction because we're haunted by our former destructive patterns. I just want to remind us, you can't make healthy destiny decisions until you have learned how to give a peace treaty to your past. You can't. You cannot make healthy destiny decisions, that is choices that are conducive for your next, when you haven't learned how to make peace with what was, when you haven't learned how to give a peace treaty to what was. What is a peace treaty? I'm glad you asked. A peace treaty is an agreement between two or more hostile parties which formally end a state of war between themselves. And it's possible that your mind, your past, and your decision-making have all been hostile towards your future self. So to make peace with your mind, your past, and your decision-making can help you hear God's future instruction. This is why we do therapy, because sometimes on Sunday you can't even hear because your past, your mind, and your decision-making is so clouded by the lack of peace. But if you could heal on the inside when God is telling you, I'm planning to do something here, but you're going to have to stop binging that there. You're going to have to stop listening to that music there. This has nothing to do with legalism, but it has everything to do with why your eye gate and your ear gate because of where I want to take you. There's a gate I want you to walk through, but you keep on allowing stuff in your ear gate and your eye gate right now that's going to tarnish the purity of your hearing ability right there. So please get that out your ear right now. You can't hear that because there's so much in the soul. Peace affects pieces. Every piece of your life will be affected by your peace overflow are your peace deficit. God's got a plan. <laughs> he could only say that. He could only say that when he knows the peace of God is to know God has a plan even when mine fails. He could only say that when my father had my father learned that tomorrow belongs to God. I could trust him with the outcome. I can't control tomorrow. 
I want to help us. I tried to help us two years ago with this, but I want to help us. This is what you control. Number one, you control your actions. You control your meditations. You control your words. You control your grind. And you control your boundaries. That's what you can control. What you can't control is their actions. What you can't control is what they think about you. What you can't control is what they say about you. And what you can't control is the outcome. I can't. Maybe you can't make peace with it because of your obsession to control it. Five points and we're done. Number one, how do I get to a place where I make peace with it? And everybody has a different it. The divorce, the, the trauma, the, the failure, whatever it is. How do you make peace with it? Number one, trust the plan of God. The same way I'm looking up at the roof, being thrown across the street, water all in the building. And my father was a holy reference. Same way he could say, God has a plan. Now, I'm in a place, Father, I trust you, even when I can't trace you. I trust the pace that you've given me, even when I don't know the path that we're going down. I trust you. I trust you. I take my hands off the wheel, and I surrender to whatever turn, whatever route, whatever avenue that you go, I trust you. It starts with trusting God's plan for your life. Number two, how do I make peace with it? Cast your cares. This may seem like a comedic example, but I was trying to cast um, the, the show uh, Turbo. My, my son likes this uh, TV show called Turbo about some snail that got superpowers and going really fast. And I was trying to cast it from uh, my iPad to the TV and I, it just wasn't working. And as I was looking it up, I decided to go to YouTube University. And I went on YouTube and it was telling me, make sure you're on the same network. So I had to make sure that my Wi-Fi on the iPad and the Wi-Fi on the TV were congruent to be able to cast this from this particular app. And that just really, that really stood out to me because I wonder who is trying to handle cares outside of being in the will of God. So you're casting it, but you're casting it on weed. You're casting it, but you're casting it on sage. We talking tonight. You're casting it, but you're casting it on the universe. Same, same network. Be in alignment with what God told me to do. Cast your cares on him. That's literally saying, I don't understand, help. I don't understand, help. And until you help, I'm gonna trust that you're gonna help. Casting your cares. Number three, trust that he's good at his job. Trust that God's plan is better than yours. However God plans on naturally giving us this building to facilitate his people, I'm gonna trust that he's a better God at figuring this out than me because God cares more about his people than I ever could. And on top of that, that's his wife. <laughs> the church is his wife. He's gonna take care of his wife more than I ever could. Trust that he's good at his job. 
Number four, enjoy the rain. I didn't know running through that building while it was raining was actually watering the seeds of my faith so that 20-something years, almost 20 years later, when I'm needing faith for a thing, I can remember when I was getting rained on from a storm in, 20, in 2008. Enjoy the rain. That's how people who are planted grow from storms and people who aren't don't. One person grows from it, another person drifts from it because the planted benefits from storms. Enjoy the rain. Last one, value moments. Value moments. Your scars are not your labels. They're proof that you survived. Kick your wounds off the podium of them trying to prophesy over your future. The devil is a liar. Value moments. Life is precious. Your children are precious if you have them. Your singleness is, singleness is precious. Your marriage is precious. Maybe it doesn't feel precious because you don't have peace. How do I have peace? Listen to all of this content of this particular Therapy Thursday session. It starts with that surrender and trusting God's plan, even when mine fails. God, give us hearts to trust. Forgive us for the arrogance of trying to take on God weight. Tomorrow, that's your responsibility. How it turns out, that's your job. Help us to grow in faith, to be better followers of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.